This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 41 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks Coletti. And this is Sophia Aguilar. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WISA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. Sophia is joining us today, as always, and as we together are navigating a new normal, temporary normal anyways, in consideration of the worldwide pandemic that uh, we were all dealing with. Sophia is joining us to tell us a little bit about what WISA is doing to help its members during this time. Well, yes, I think the most important thing for WESA to do as a member-run association is just to keep everyone up to date and just to keep in touch. We're offering everyone to retweet or reshare the posts about manufacturing times or store hours as those may have changed now through all of this, just to sort of help redirect business to possible online shops or other ordering methods they have in place. And they can just tag as Wessa Trade Show or use the hashtag Wessa Trade Show. Um, and what about the DMC visit? Yeah, so the DMC Western market didn't take place last week, which also meant that our video shoot and our different interviews that we had planned didn't take place either. Everything is moved now to the beginning of June, and we're hoping that that's actually going to take place. As an office, ourselves, we're all just working from home, but together with the president, we just want to ensure everyone the business will be performed as usual. But the DMC visit is not taking place right now. And WISA has also now allowed different membership types. Can members still change their membership types? Yes. So with moving to the DMC, we wanted to offer different membership options just to make the relocation itself a little bit easier for exhibitors. So now everyone that has had a membership before um, can either hold it as an individual or change it to a company, affiliate, or associate membership. And we send a packet to all of our current members along with um, some DMC information, which explains every detail about these membership types and also includes a quick form, which they can fill out to change their membership if they wish to do so. And of course, in light of the current times, we do accept everyone to scan them, fill them out or fax them to us as we can't get to the office right now. And the deadline for the membership forms is going to be tomorrow, March 31st, but Kristen may also take them throughout the week. And is there information for the buyers? Yes, we have also put together a packet for retailers offering free marketing help or just any useful information on Westside itself and also on the DMC and just so much more. So I really think this packet is going to be really helpful for people and also to start getting used to the DMC. And this time right now might just be a good time to get familiar with Westside services and also the DMC. And that packet will be mailed this week as well. It's certainly a great time for all of us to maybe focus, regroup. So I think you're completely right, Sophia. And as always, thank you so much for your information. And on to Mike to introduce our our really great guest for today. Debbie Earle's grandparents, James and Beulah Cox, moved to Hamilton, Ohio in 1946 
where James Blotton sold horses and cattle, which led to buying and selling used work harnesses. In 1963, he opened James Cox Saddlery with his sons, Charles and Dell. They had a full line of English and Western tack. In the 1980s, when his granddaughter, Debbie Cox Earls, continued in the family footsteps and the family business, she added a full line of English and Western clothing, boots, helmets, and jewelry, and gift lines, or as they say, everything for the horse and rider except the horse. The store also does tack and leather repair and custom work, and Debbie says good customer service is what makes the store successful. That customer service belief is evident today as her store adjusts to the coronavirus concerns her customers may have. We welcome Debbie to our show. Debbie, thanks so much for taking the time, especially at a busy time for you in figuring out your business direction, to talk with us on Wisdom by Wessa. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, your store actually was started by your grandfather, and I think you said your uncle in 63. Let's chat about before the current situation, and we also know that that store has been through some other situations, but let's talk yeah. about normal times, and then we'll talk about current times. So give us a bit of a rundown from 63 through the current time, you know, your addition to the management and the change in the merchandise, and especially the customer service that we chatted about before and your involvement in a lot of the youth organizations. Okay. Like you said, our business was started in 1963 by my grandpa, my dad, and my uncle. The store that we're in is on our family farm, and my grandpa built this building to be a cattle trading barn. My dad got him interested in the tack, and it started in the office, and then it just took over. So I joined... Um, started working here in 1981 full-time. I was part-time before that. I was in school and added a lot of like clothing and jewelry, added a lot more boots. We've always had a lot of tack. We've gotten more into English tack since then and along with our Western tack. And I would say probably the 80s were really strong in the 90s. And then it just seems like as the internet is kind of become more prevalent. It, it has hurt the brick and mortar stores. We do have an online store, which has helped. I'm trying to continue to build that up. And I do a lot on Facebook and Instagram, do daily posts on both of those, which has helped. So that's about where we're at right now. That's how you go to market. But talk a bit about how you put a customer service element to your store and serve your customers. And we're talking normal times. We'll talk about current times in a moment. But customer service, I know you believe in strongly. It's yeah. not just carrying lines of product. It's no. doing a lot of other things to put those products in the customer's hands. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of special ordering. We don't charge anything extra to do that. We do some repair work. We pretty much bend over backwards for our customers. I mean, with whatever they need. You know, we're here and they and they know that. And then as far as our community goes, we're involved in a lot of the 4-H. That's our, probably our biggest thing that we sponsor too is the 4-H horse shows and the fairs and the rodeos. And I also set up at those. And I mean, I feel like the 4-H kids are the future of this business. And a lot of the kids, you know, that I've been here so long, I've seen their kids and now they're kids. And <laughs> so we just, 
continue with a lot of families that have been in, in this industry for a long time and they continue to come into the store. Another question, what is the difference, if anything, between what the English customer wants and needs and the Western customer wants and needs? And you have to do things for that English market in your customer service initiative that you would do differently in the Western world? The English customer tends to listen more to their trainers and they are more particular in what they buy, I guess you could say. So they're they're very specific, sometimes very specific to brands or to whatever their trainer is telling them that they need. Where the Western customer is more, I don't want to say laid back, but just more easy to find a variety of things that they're happy with. And they're making more of their own decisions and the uh, English yeah. is making decisions based on the trainer. Right. Another question before we forget it, because not all of our listeners know where Hamilton is or the geographic footprint of your store. Chat a bit about where you are and the surrounding market that you serve. We are 30 miles north of Cincinnati. We're in the southwest corner. So we border Indiana and Kentucky. We have customers that come from those two states also. And we are more in a, we're in Hamilton, but we're actually in the township. So we're not in the city. We're only maybe five minutes from the main drag that goes through Hamilton. So we're, the area that we're in is still has a lot of farming. Like I mentioned before, we are on the family farm. We have 85 acres. So we're back off the road. We're not down on the main road, but we're just back a lane. So we are in more of a, um, a rural type area. Casey actually buys more things that you carry or the type you carry than I do. Casey, chime in here and talk a bit about that. Well, yeah, and I think one of the things that I wanted to mention when just listening to you and Mike talk and him bringing up the fact that you're a third generation owner of this, maybe you can ex- help touch on it a little bit more. But do you feel that you you can easily gain trust from your customers being that you are a third generation owner of this business? I think so. I mean, they know that we've been here. We're not going to, you know, we're not a fly-by-night company. We are involved in the community, are involved in 4-H. And I think that they just know that our family name, you know, we've been around so long that a lot of people, all they have to say is, have you been to Cox's? And they're, you know, they know where they're talking about. (laughs) But, and then I, you know, too, they gain the trust because they know they can come in and, and I could totally take advantage of somebody that's a newbie, but I'm not going to do that. Sure. I will talk someone out of something, buying something that before I would talk, I would never talk somebody into buying something. Sure. So if they don't need it, I'll tell them that, you know, and yeah. I, and I think they appreciate that sure. because, you know, you could take advantage of people when they're sure. first starting out and I'm, I'm not going to do yeah. that. And I think that's a really great virtue within our Western industry that I think that mm-hmm. we makes us feel comfortable and, and obviously would have repeat business. I'm just reading on your website in the about section and, and it's talking about how your grandfather thought that what good business was in 1963 still holds true today. True. And that's providing great service, competitive prices and quality made merchandise. There's something you guys kind of talked about it a little bit, social media, you, you brought it up, but that's something that comes to me, marketing. Obviously, trends have changed uh, through, mm-hmm. through the years since 1963, and now the use of social media is obviously very prevalent. And I did go to your Facebook page, and you 
very actively use that. So talk a little <laughs> bit about your initiative in, in using social media for your marketing. Well, I just think that we have to have a presence, you know, an online presence, more so not just the website. And having a Facebook page, which I don't do anything personal on it, but having it for the store, you know, it, it does bring more people in. It helps to sell merchandise. And I at the I post twice a day. At 11 o'clock, I post a product. And at 7 o'clock, I post some type of information. And I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, they enjoy reading the articles or they'll call about an item or they'll private message me. And so it, it has helped. It, I mean, it's like having another job, but it has helped to bring people in and to stimulate business. And there was something else that we wanted to talk about. And Sophia wanted to make sure that we talked about this. And um, that was you engaging with WESA survey, um, asking if they'll plan to attend the WESA trade show at DMC. Mm-hmm. And also what you're expecting from the move, because well, you, I mean, you voted yes for attending in 2021. So yes, we, we plan on being there. I, I have to say, I, I'm going to miss De- uh, Denver. It was a lot of fun. You know, we, yeah. I think we went about six different times and, and really enjoyed it. But, you know, I do want to go see what Dallas is like and, and at least try it the first time and just go from there. Sure. Well, Mike, do you have anything else you'd like yeah, to? Yeah, let's, let's move to the present because your peers who listen to this show around the country, you know, your peers in California and Washington and Ohio and maybe soon to be other states are facing something that has never been faced before, though, with the length of time you've been in business, you've been through 9-11, you've been through 2008, having a, uh, a major economic threat on the horizon isn't something that's brand new. But I shared with our team, even before we knew about your uh, stay-at-home edict, the services that you were offering that that really fit into the coronavirus situation, if you'd run through those a bit, what you were willing to do and what you were doing, and then we'll kind of move into a little different area of this and then let you go back. Well, we are offering curbside pickup if, the, if they're not comfortable coming in. If they do come in, everything gets sanitized, you know, things that, you know, the counters and the doorknobs and the pens and whatever. When they leave, I'm also offering free delivery to like, there's probably about four stables that are really close. And I contacted all of them on Sunday and told them if they needed anything that I'd be happy to drop it off. And there wouldn't be any fee for that. As far as further delivery, if someone calls about that, I'll just have to see how far away they are. We are, you know, as far as our online sales, they can order online. They can still pick it up at the store, pick it up at curbside if they don't want to come in. And I did a delivery on Saturday for a lady that's not far from here, and she was going to have me ship it. And I said, well, I'll just drop it off. There's no sense in her paying the shipping and when she was so close. So that's something new. I mean, it's just every day is with this that's going on, every day can be different. Well, clearly with this current crisis, customer service continues to play a role. I suspect your online business will continue to be an asset for you until we get out of this situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any words to share with your retailer peers in other parts of the country, but clearly you, California, Washington, are in a, a more dire lockdown, if you will, situation than many of them are. But any words you have to share with them? just to stay strong and that we will get through this. Okay. Listen, I thank you so much 
for being part of our show on a difficult period. Uh, we're impressed with how well the store is handling Thank your you. situation. And I think all of our listeners will gain some insight into the strength of and the heart of someone who is in our business. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Show notes and links from today's show can be found at wisdombywisa.com. And as always, we'd like your feedback. There's a contact link on the website. The Wisdom by Wisa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wisa podcast. Wisa, where the industry meets.